Hello and welcome to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast. On this episode, we speak with Dan Kennedy, a Spring 2016 Joan Shorenstein Fellow, Associate Professor of Journalism at Northeastern University, and a contributor to WGBH News about his new research paper titled The Bezos Effect, How Amazon's Founder is Reinventing the Washington Post and What Lessons It Might Hold for the Beleaguered Newspaper Business. The paper, which you can read in full at shorensteincenter.org, provides insight into the Washington Post's digital strategy and business model following its acquisition by Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos. We begin with Dan explaining the background of his research at the Shorenstein Center and why he chose to study this topic. The paper that I've written for the Shorenstein Center is about the Washington Post under the ownership of Jeff Bezos, who was the founder and chief executive of Amazon. Uh, Bezos acquired the Washington Post in 2013 for the bargain basement price of $250 million. And uh, since then, uh, he and the people at the Post have been trying to figure out how to reinvent the paper and I use the term paper very loosely. We're primarily talking about a digital news organization and transform it into a profitable enterprise. Um, The Post, like most papers, had been shrinking for years, and under Bezos, it has been growing. Uh, But everyone is looking at the Post to see whether he can figure out a path to profitability that would work not only for the Post, but that would also offer some lessons for the rest of the newspaper business, which has been really struggling badly for the last 20 years, and especially for the last 10 years. The reason I wanted to look at the Washington Post is I should back up a moment and say that I'm actually in the midst of a book project looking at three newspapers that acquired wealthy owners in recent years and that took very different approaches to um, reinvention. Uh, So not just the Washington Post under Jeff Bezos, but the Boston Globe under John Henry, who is a wealthy financier and also the principal owner of the Boston Red Sox. And then finally, the Orange County Register in Southern California under Aaron Kushner, who is a uh, wealthy greeting card executive. Now, the Orange County Register aspect of this did not work out. Kushner is gone. Uh, The Globe is doing well under Henry, but it's had its ups and downs. It just struck me that the post part of this um, was the richest story to tell. Um, they're really moving forward in ways that I think are unique to the business. And uh, studying how the news business can become sustainable is really uh, a passion of mine and really the central part of my research for quite some time. It was, it was the, um, the subject of my last book, The Wired City, which looked at the New Haven Independent and other local projects, kind of moving up to the regional and the national level, as I'm doing by looking at the Washington Post, is a natural extension of that, I think. Dan explained how the secrets of Bezos proved to be a challenging subject to research. 
There's always going to be some significant challenges in doing a project involving Jeff Bezos because Bezos almost never speaks to the media. Uh, the Washington Post itself has done a number of stories about their owner, and he doesn't talk to them. He's come out a few times and given talks. Uh, he, he's, he's not a recluse by any means. He's outlined his vision to his staff and given a few very selected interviews here and there. Uh, but he, he is, for the most part, pretty inaccessible. And my own attempts to interview him uh, have not met with success. So that makes it a challenge. You're asking other people to kind of speak for him. And uh, given that the Washington Post under Bezos is now a privately held company, you really can't get anything in the way of financial information. Uh, under the ownership of the Graham family, uh, the Post was a publicly owned company. And although the Grahams controlled the voting stock, they had shareholders they had to report to. There's annual reports you can look at. You can see what they say about profit and loss and that sort of thing. Uh, with, uh, with the post under Jeff Bezos, you're kind of groping in the dark. Um, he bought a paper that was marginally profitable. The way that the Grahams were able to keep it at least somewhat profitable was by cutting every year. Uh, Bezos has added 100 people to the newsroom. He's bolstered the engineering ranks. Uh, so one might assume that the Post is now losing money, but we don't know that for sure. Um, when I talk to insiders at the Post, the guidance that you hear is that it leads me to believe that they're losing money but maybe not the gushers of money that some people think they're losing and that they may be closer to breaking even than outsiders might assume. But this is all guesswork. I don't know. Dan then spoke about some of the successful strategies pursued by Bezos so far and whether other news organizations can take away any lessons from his ownership of the Post. In terms of thinking about what other newspapers can learn from the Post, there are some things about the Post that are utterly unique that other newspapers will not be able to take much away from. One of them is that uh, Jeff Bezos has reoriented the Post as very explicitly a national and even international news organization. Uh, despite the fact that the Washington Post is one of the most storied newspapers in American journalism, uh, it's actually tended to be a regional paper uh, that, in terms of its business model, looks more like the Boston Globe or the Philadelphia Inquirer than it does like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. Uh, under Bezos, it's become very explicitly national. Um, a national digital newspaper is, is really the way that we ought to think about it. And this was a relatively easy thing for the Post to do because they're in Washington. Nobody else can do that. Um, another aspect of this that is not easily replicable is that um, Bezos has talked about providing the Post with the runway that they need to figure out the business model. Now, nobody knows exactly how long that runway is, but given Bezos's personal fortune, which is 
uh, approaching $50 billion. He obviously is in a position to provide as long a runway as he's inclined to. Now, again, the post may actually be fairly close to profitability. We don't know. But if it isn't, Bezos can go with that for a very long time. Uh, the final thing that I think makes the post unique is that um, Bezos can kind of leverage it with Amazon. And so uh, the post has already become a valuable part of Amazon. It's part of Amazon Prime. It's free or discounted for quite a period of time. Then you can pay for it at a fairly low rate. Uh, it's included on the Kindle Fire. Um, it also gives Bezos a valuable news property uh, as he competes with Google and Facebook and Apple. So there are certain intangibles that may make the post valuable to Jeff Bezos that really wouldn't work with other newspapers. Now, what are the takeaways for other newspapers? In fact, there are some. Uh, one of them is that um, by taking the Washington Post private, uh, Bezos has given himself the ability to really do what he wants with it without having to answer to shareholders, the quarterly expectations of Wall Street, and that sort of thing. And as we look at the Boston Globe, that's exactly what John Henry did with the Boston Globe as well. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can go out and, and, and spend like somebody who has a bottomless pit of money, but it does give you flexibility. You don't have to keep justifying what you're doing to, to, uh, to shareholders. Um, I think another thing that the Post is doing that any newspaper can learn from is it's pursuing every possible route to building its digital audience. Um, it's using uh, technology in some pretty unique ways. It's engaging in the testing of headlines. Uh, it's everywhere. Uh, there was a paper written for the Shorenstein Center a few years ago by Matthew Hindman that I found very valuable in this because he outlined a number of steps that newspapers ought to take to build their digital audience. And what I found was that the Washington Post was engaged with every single one of those steps, uh, which I think was important. Another lesson for this is that you know, here you have one of the leading technology executives in America, a real digital visionary taking over a newspaper. And you might think that he's going to come in and say, well, look what I've built. And the newspaper business is shrinking. I'm going to show them. And in fact, he's left the structure of the Washington Post largely in place. There's certain things he's done. He's reoriented them toward digital. He's been involved in some of their digital products, such as their national digital apps for tablet and mobile, which um, have been quite successful. But he inherited probably the leading uh, American newspaper editor right now, Marty Barron, and he has left him in place. He inherited uh, their leading technology executive, uh, Shailesh Prakash. And especially there, you would think that Bezos said, 
I've got somebody in Amazon who I want to put in charge here. But no, he left Shailesh Prakash in place. And Prakash is uh, a brilliant technology thinker. And, uh, and, and uh, so, you know, even as he is pushed for change, he hasn't turned the entire place upside down. And uh, I think that really fits in with the long-range thinking that Bezos has showed at Amazon, building that into a leading company. So the ways that the Post can't be copied by other papers are easy to define. The way the Post can be can be copied by other papers. I, I don't mean copied, but lessons learned. They're a little bit more amorphous and touchy-feely, but nevertheless, I think that um, Bezos has taken a very solid, calm approach to how he's thinking about what he wants to do with the Washington Post, and I think that that's something that other newspaper uh, executives can learn from. Finally, a key question that frequently comes up in discussions about billionaire ownership of news organizations is whether or not these owners might try to influence the journalism to pursue their own personal agendas. Dan explored this question with regard to Jeff Bezos' ownership of the Washington Post and how that might impact the paper's coverage of Amazon. One of the angles that I did explore in this paper is how the Washington Post can go about covering Amazon, which is a major business cultural force in American life. Now, I have to say that conflicts of interest such as this are present everywhere, and they always have been. Um, even under the Graham ownership of the Washington Post, the Post owned uh, the Kaplan Education Service, and there were questions about how fairly the Post could cover Kaplan. Uh, the Boston Globe, uh, people wonder about the Globe's coverage of the Red Sox, uh, with John Henry as the owner. And you can say, well, that's only baseball, but the Red Sox are a big business and cultural uh, player in Boston. And I've seen no reason to think that the Globe's coverage of the Red Sox has been skewed since John Henry became the owner. Uh, and I also don't think there's any reason to think that the uh, Post coverage of Amazon has been skewed. Nevertheless, Amazon is such a huge force that it's something we do have to keep an eye on. People say, well, they're a big retailer. Yes, that's true. They also completely and utterly change the way books are consumed and distributed. That's a huge story. Um, the, the Amazon does business with the CIA. Uh, that's a huge story. Now, uh, one of the stories that people tend to point to is that in the summer of 2015, the New York Times did a massive takeout on the workplace culture at Amazon and painted a very negative picture of it. And that's a story that the Times had and the Post didn't. Um, I think that there were some, quite frankly, I think there were some problems with that story. I, I don't think that they made the case that working at Amazon is any more hellish than working at any of these large tech companies. But nevertheless, it was a big and important story that the Times had and the Post didn't. All I can say is that people at the Post swear that Bezos has given them free reign to cover Amazon uh, the way that uh, they think it should be covered. Uh, Bezos said that at a town meeting at the Post 
shortly after he bought the paper. And uh, the Post has done some negative reporting on, on Amazon. Uh, the Post ran a noticeably, a notably tough piece on uh, Bezos and Amazon right after it was announced that he was going to buy the paper. And one of the reporters who uh, was into, who worked on that piece uh, was Kimberly Kindy, who uh, spoke here at Shorenstein recently and recently was part of the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, series that the Post did on police-involved fatal shootings of civilians. Her, I must say, she says she never got any pushback for her harsh reporting on Bezos, and her career at the Post has thrived uh, since Bezos took over. So I think that's always something we need to keep an eye on, but uh, so far, I think, so far, so good, I think. You can read Dan Kennedy's full paper by visiting shorensteincenter.org and clicking on Research. Thanks for listening to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast. Music provided by extrememusic.com.